kind of obsessed. No, like really, I love today's guest. We have so much in common, which I didn't even realize. I just knew I had this like kindred spirit with her. And as we have this conversation, you're going to see how so much of our story actually overlaps, even though they're drastically different. Her story has a massive wow factor. You're going to be shocked as I was, but we're also here to learn together. And that's what this podcast is all about. Messy success stories, right? And everyone's version of success is different, no different than Patrice Washington, who is here to help us chase purpose, not money fulfillment, prosperity, and really, truly redefining wealth for this generation in such a unique way. Her backstory is incredible. She's had a stint with Steve Harvey for a while. She's been on Success Mag and other featured experiences. She's got multiple books and another one on the way, which you'll get to hear about briefly. But I am honored to have her, honestly, and even more honored to share with you that she's going to be coming as a keynote for the Grow Your Business for God's Sake conference later this year. And so if you haven't already gotten your ticket, you need to. Growforgod.com. Grow for the written out form, F-O-R, God, G-O-D.com. We want you to be there, hug her neck in person, experience her flavor in person. It is good. And see the overlap between how we both get fit. Here you are on the Fit and Faith podcast after all. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Patrice, you're a gem. Welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie-cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Hey, 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 welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast with the one, the only, the beautiful, the electric Patrice Washington. Patrice, we're so excited to have you here today. Thanks for coming. I am so excited to be here. I was grooving. I know. Isn't it so fun? (laughs) It's like, let's start a dance party before the show even gets going. That is always a way to come into a room. And it's cool because at the beginning of this year, I got to watch you do the same thing, shimmy up into the stage. And it's so fun to like be able to bring all elements of ourself into how we show up every single day. Right. I think people think of like, followers of Jesus and they think that we have to be in the confines of like a button down suit or right? we can't move our body. Our hips are not allowed to do that thing. And that's just not the case. Like God created us to have fun. And I love that. I sense that you exist in that way every single day. I do. I have so much fun. I sing very loudly in the shower, often, <laughs> but the, the Lord knows my heart. And um, usually if you see me shimmy up on stage, one of the things I always share is that my daughter um, always makes fun of me. She's like, mom, you twerk like a good Christian. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know 
if that's a compliment or I, I'm just not quite sure how I'm supposed right. to that, but. Right, right. You're like, okay, well, let's go with it. My daughter's still only seven. So I've got a little bit of time before hopefully she acts or knows what twerking is, but it's coming. My days are coming. <laughs> yes. You can wait. You can yeah, wait. Yeah, I will. And I enjoy every minute in the main, in the meantime. So y'all, if you don't know Patrice, you're about to get to know her because we're going to go all the places that she is used to going. And that's one of the reasons I bring on people who, who know the Lord, who, who seek him, but are willing to be raw and vulnerable and share their backstory because you might look from the outside looking in from an element of followers or her, her realm on, on magazine, success magazine, entrepreneur magazine, like all these different places, Forbes, she's been featured in her own podcast that has over 11 million downloads and think, oh, she's had it easy. She's been fed the silver spoon. Something about her life has not been the way my life is. And therefore we judge and compare and we actually put ourselves outside of what I believe the blessing is just in the connectivity of being in connection with you and knowing one another. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear like, where did it get started? Tell us about, you know, the backstory. And I saw your facial reaction for those who aren't watching. That's so far from the truth. Oh my gosh. It's so far from the truth. Um, I guess I would start with just folks understanding how I became America's money maven. So many people know me as a personal finance expert. And so that would have them assume that I've just always been so passionate about numbers and money (laughs) and all that great stuff. And uh, some of that is true. I got into real estate at 19 years old. I became a licensed real estate professional in California And then during senior year in college at the University of Southern California, I took what was supposed to be um, just like a a college project and turned it into an actual business. So I became licensed as a real estate and mortgage broker as well and launched a a boutique real estate mortgage brokerage at 21 years old. Um, And by 25, that became a seven figure business and thought I would ride out into the sunset and be clear (laughs) That was out of true just grit and tenacity and resilience because I'm from South Central Los Angeles. I'm Belizean American. I'm first generation American. I don't come from a family or background that was like, you know, steeped in any of the things um, that I was doing. Um, But it was it was really the sheer desire to prove a professor wrong who said, you'll never do that. Like, (laughs) kind of like, what do you think this is? Because in my project, I shared that I didn't plan on applying for grad school or getting a job. I was actually going to move forward with this business. And he thought I was nuts and gave me the worst grade of (laughs) senior year. And I was like, I'll show you. And so I showed him, I went on, you you know, had this seven figure success and thought I had made it, you know, Um, looking back now, I realized what an empty uh, idea of success that was. Yeah. I thought I made it because I lived in a big house and my husband at the time and I drove matching Range Rovers Mm -hmm. and, you know, I had all all the things and it looked good on the outside. Um, and I thought it was good. I genuinely did yeah. until uh, I was 20 weeks pregnant in 2007 and I took a fall down the stairs and it sent me into preterm labor. And when I got to the hospital, to the emergency room, they said, I'm so sorry, ma'am. This baby's going to come any minute now. Hmm. Like You just have to sit here and wait. And I did the only thing I knew to do. I started praying and I called other people and asked them to pray. And what was supposed to be any minute now actually turned into me being on hospital bed rest for 10 weeks. Come on. (sighs) Nothing but God. 
right? Yeah. And the, the reason that I share that, though, is because during that time, if you were in real estate or finance or anything, you know what was happening, right? The beginning of yep. what would become a full-blown recession. And so I'm in the hospital on bed rest, watching the news every day, and I'm watching the banks that I work with close down. Mm. I have 16 loan officers and real estate agents on my team who cannot close a deal to save their lives. They are calling me every day, freaking out because the banks are closing. So that means the approval is null and void. We have clients who have um, sellers who are threatening to keep their deposit and go with another buyer. We're missing deadlines and they are calling me freaking out. And they are so used to me being able to fix. Right. And I couldn't fix anything. Yeah. And about five weeks into that hospital stay, Tamara, is when my doctor came in and she said, Patrice, we're monitoring the baby with that belt around your waist. If you don't stop stressing, you're going to leave here two years in a row with no baby. Mm. I lost a son the year before, same hospital, same mm. floor, same doctor. Wow. So that was the first time I remember having a true lesson in what it meant to surrender. Yep. Because I thought of surrendering being, many of us think surrender is about giving up, but I learned it was letting go of the control I thought I had. I couldn't control the market. I couldn't control real estate. I couldn't control what these agents were going to do. The only thing that I could do was try to keep myself, you know, at peace so that I could bring my baby into this world healthy. Right. So I asked them to take the TV off the wall, Tamara. That's a good one right there. Minimizing the junk. I said, take it off the wall. They were like, by take it off the wall, you mean take it off the wall. Like there's a yeah. little box, TV, <laughs> wivel, a little set. And um, yeah, they came and took it off the wall. And my husband brought me an iPod full of praise and worship music, my Bible and a red leather journal. And every day I wrote prayers um, and sang songs to my baby. And she was born. 10 weeks, um, still 10 weeks premature. She was a little over 30, about 30 weeks, five days when she came, Um, but she was healthy and uh, she stayed in the NICU for three and a half weeks. And so when I left after my 10 weeks stay and her three and a half weeks stay, I left with a healthy baby and also a healthy amount of medical debt, almost $1,000. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Holy cow. No deals closed. And my husband had been exhausting all of our reserves and savings trying to keep everything afloat. So (laughs) needless to say, a year after this, um, by the time about a year had gone by, I was exhausted. I had nothing left to give. I was I was plumb out of like the cute little cliches and all the things that kind of keep you going. I was just done. And we had our home foreclosed. Cars were repossessed. We ended up moving to Louisiana where we lived in a teeny tiny apartment. And that was where God found me like that. God always, he never had lost track. Okay. (laughs) Right. Right. That was where God finally got my attention and where I began to realize that what I was experiencing did not happen to me. It was happening for me. And I'll tell you why I got in the bathroom mirror one day in this teeny tiny apartment and it finally was like a moment to myself because my husband took the baby. Earlier that day, I had chased the power man down, begging them to turn the lights back on. Mm. We were in a season of endless eviction notices every month. And we were driving around in an old beat up truck with no insurance. And 
I had gone to the welfare office and applied for food stamps. Mm. Like all the things I never, ever, you could have never told me when I was graduating from USC that that would be my experience. And at every turn, I just felt like every door was being slammed shut and, and the windows were bolted. Like nothing that I touched turned to gold. It turned to wood, if that. Like it was mm. awful. And I just got fed up and I got in the mirror in the bathroom and I was like, God, why me? Like, why me? Like, I've been a good person. I have always treated people fairly. I have always tried to operate with integrity. Like, I, this does not make any sense, you know. And I started to think that I literally would think about every bad thing I had ever done in my life. Mm. And I would be like, okay, it's punishment for that. This is why, right? Right. Trying to justify something, but this wouldn't make sense otherwise. Yeah. This this doesn't make sense. This is too much. Like, I just, I just don't feel like I've been that bad of a person. Yeah. Well, that led to me bawling and snotting and crying. It led to me, you know, literally yelling out, God, you got to show me something. And I remember being on the bathroom floor in fetal position, like forehead on the linoleum. And I was like, you got to tell me something. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, get your Bible. I heard, I got my Bible and I landed on Proverbs 17, 16. And it said, what good is money in the hands of a fool if they had no desire to seek wisdom? What good is money in the hands of a fool if they had no desire to seek wisdom? And the reason that my name today is still on Instagram yes. is wisdom. That literally changed everything for me because it taught me that while I have been very, very smart, book smart, I could pass a test. I could get a certification. I could, you know, pass the broker's exam on the first try. I could do all of those things. I had a lot of knowledge. I didn't have wisdom. Good. And wisdom comes from application. We live in a time right now where people think because they listen to podcasts and they read books and they go to conferences and they can Google whatever they want, they assume they're wise. You have no wisdom until you understand the application of the information or the the education. And I knew a lot of things. I didn't quite understand how to apply it. Many of us who are believers, we hear a lot of things. Our parents, our grandparents may indoctrinate us with a lot of things. But the reason that we can't fully embrace it and follow through with it is because we don't always have our own connection. Yeah, encounter, sure. We don't have our own encounter and therefore we don't have our own solid conviction around it. Right. Right. So... The other thing the Holy Spirit showed me in that moment on the floor, I felt compelled to look up the difference between knowledge and wisdom. I also felt compelled to look up wealth. Like it was just, it was in me. Yeah. was the day, it was March 9, 2009 in Metairie, Louisiana. I will never forget. I looked up wealth and, and my spirit was like, go deeper, go deeper. Because the initial definition that we all see of wealth is money and material possessions. Mm-hmm. When you actually go deeply into the word, the original 12th century definition of wealth is the condition of well-being. That was the game changer. That was the thing where I was like, I know that I lost all my money, but my mind isn't bad. Yeah. What if I just like try to be well? What if I just tried to be well? That was my initial thing. Wow. I just wow. wanted to be well. And so what I do today is take people through what I call the six pillars of wealth. But these are the parts of life where I believe we need to remove clutter and be well so that we can experience the financial blessings that we desire, but not just experience it, sustain it and maintain yeah. it. 
And, you know, that's that conversation of stewardship, because if you had been talking about like, am I stewarding it well, you would have been like, yeah, I've got this, God, we're good. Like everyone's happy and healthy and I'm being a good person. But I think when God got a hold of me similar and uh, I actually started my college project too, which is really wild. Oh, wow. so, yeah, it was my business plan in school and activated it, didn't go to a job fair, didn't write a resume. I was like, I've got this. It was a lot of wisdom, right? Because a lot for me, a lot of crash and burn in the development of what this thing will be. But I found in the even in the stewardship, when our hearts aren't set on him as the priority with what we're doing with that money, it becomes null and void to that money coming in and going out. And we can have a whole conversation about tithing. We can have a whole conversation about those pieces. But I ultimately think regardless of how that's being operated, it really comes down to the love of God over the love of money and the well, the whole factor of our soul. And then we become conduits. And then the blessings become plentiful to a point, like you said, like more than you could ask Cope or imagine because you're in a whole nother state of blessing than you were at that point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And this season, you know, Stephen Furtick, um, I think it's Elevation Church. Yep. During the pandemic, he said, we're all in a storm, but like we're not in the same boat. Right. We're all in the storm, but we're not in the same boat. And during that storm, despite the fact that I had generated millions of dollars, I had only prepared a paddle boat. Mm. Wow. I had not made an investment in anything stronger. I went to church. Yeah. <laughs> I took that off every Sunday. I actually helped launch the stewardship ministry at one of the churches that I went to. Wow. I check it off. And I had the religiosity down. I did not have the relationship down. So good. Right. It's one of the reasons that now for me, the faith pillar is a part of redefining wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very grateful for the faith that I had to borrow from my mom and my grandma, like things that I heard them talk about. And I tried to borrow that for as long as I could. But that bathroom floor moment brought me to like, girl, you better know what you believe for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And And to be a teacher, right. To be an effective teacher and to actually show up for other people. I feel like that encounter was the element of transformation to be able to serve other people with rather than the knowledge Right. And, and I feel like I get burnt out when I speak about knowledge, but I do not get burnt out. I do not lose fire. Like I watch you on all your IG lives and the way that you post, like you are so sold out to what has happened and what you experience because it's alive and active and it wasn't gifted to you from somebody else's blueprint or somebody else's lifestyle. Right. Like you really yes. experience. Well, this is what I always say. The first iteration of my business, the real estate and mortgage business, it taught me to have passion for financial education. So the way that I built the business was going all throughout Southern California and educating. So I was talking about home ownership and I was talking about debt elimination and savings as a strategy, like all of these things, but I was passionate about it. It wasn't until I went through that season that I had compassion for people. Because I could talk about it and have passion about it, but I didn't have a genuine connection with some of the questions that would come in often. So when someone would say, how do I determine if I should pay this or pay this? I'm like, what? You're supposed to pay all your bills. I had no, it had, and not even from 
like a, an arrogant place. I was naive. Sure. I just hadn't experienced life. Like my granny used to say, just keep living. Mm. Like just keep living. So I wanted to be impactful. And I remember I used to pray, God, I'm like, make, like, use me, make me impactful. There is no way that I would have the impact that I had to, I have today, Tamara, had I not had that season. The disconnect with what is a very real experience for so many of us who have endured some level of financial failure, some level of, you know, financial insecurity or uncertainty. I literally had no idea. I didn't grow up in a family with money, but I never wanted for anything either. I never felt like we had to make a decision between gas or food. I never, you know, and even on the flip side, the other financial pieces, I didn't understand financial guilt. I didn't understand that you yeah. the money, right? Because many of the people in my community, my personal community, they have access to resources. They're not allocating them the most efficient. Right, right, right. So they have jobs and they, you know, they, they have good careers and they have all of those things. And so there's people who feel like, oh, I don't have enough and there's something wrong with me. And then you meet people who are like, I have access to it all and there's still something wrong with me. Right. Which is why I'm so passionate about financial psychology, because on every side of the spectrum, we encounter these thoughts, ideas, beliefs that have to do with money. And, and to be honest with you, for me, a big part of what I'm trying to do is undo some of the unsupported beliefs that people have gotten from religion. Um, I, because I see it all the time yeah. and I see people use their faith as a, as a crutch to not improve their finances. So they will say things like, oh, I'm going to pray about it. Okay. But you also need to budget. Yes. Like you- yes, there's <laughs> and, right? there's yes. And, and I honestly think even from like an element of how the church stewards volunteers, they're kind of implicating how we should be activated in our gifting by saying you, it, when you're doing the thing you're gifted or purpose to do, you do that unto the Lord, right? But then you have to go to work and still pay your bills. But then all the other time you do that unto the Lord. And I'm like, hold up. You are literally in, indoctrinating your word exactly people into a belief system of poverty, because we are supposed to be activated every minute of every day. You think of the Proverbs 31 woman. There was not a minute in her day before the sun rose, after the sun went down, that she was not activated in her gifting. She had multiple streams of income and she was doing it out of her own knowledge, well-being, wisdom, and connectivity to the Lord based on her gifts and talents. And there's no shame and there's no condemnation in being able to make money based on your gifts and talents which is what I think we hear all the time. Oh, Tamara, I knew I was going to like you. I got you. I got you. Listen, this is what I talk about all the time with the ladies in my programs, right? Because most of the women come from a faith-based background and the shame and the guilt and the fear associated with activating their gifts in the marketplace is, is just like, it's so frustrating because I know it came from church and know it came from, no, I need to use this for God and I can't use it for myself. But I believe in Deuteronomy, it says God gives us the ability to produce wealth. I think that comes in the form of our gifts and our talents, the things that came to us at birth. It was a gift. This is who you are. This is what you do naturally. Like 
This is what you do better than anyone else with the least amount of effort. And you think that God doesn't want you to use that in a way that can impact the kingdom, that can impact people, that can draw more people to the kingdom because they see your light and they see you out there doing this thing that you were given freely. But instead, we want to, and I'm going to get real on here. I'm here. I'm here for it. Let's go. (laughs) Instead, we allow people to pimp us for our gifts. Mm, to the use of our gifts to take this thing that God gave Mm. us freely right man did not give it to you so man has no right to abuse and misuse the gift God gave you the gift and so when you can use your gift to create an impact in your local neighborhood, in your community, in the world, the ripple effect of that and what you are able to do meanwhile we have charlatans who are so willing to use any little, little, just mustard seed or something. They are willing to use it and proclaim it from the mountaintop. And here we are quiet as a church mouse about something. You, when we know that there are people who are not sleeping at night because they are waiting for you to show up, you have brothers and sisters out there who are tossing and turning at night, like, hoping, wishing, praying that they had information that they can only receive from you. Like they need to receive it from you because there's something about the way you look. There's something about the way you sound. There's something about your background. There's something about you that literally only you can deliver the message. Now be clear, the message will be delivered no matter what, because God's word, it it is what it is. It's going to get out there. But to miss an opportunity to use our gifts to be a blessing And that be something that was promoted in our church environments back in the day. It's It's a mess. You see, I girl, I, it's a total mess. And I, and I think because of the, the mindset too, like when I grew up, I grew up with MTV music videos and all the tabloid ads. Right. And I saw what, the rich and the famous lifestyle was. And I thought that's what wealth was. That's what was promoted to us, whether we were in church or we were in the world, right? Mm -hmm. It didn't matter where you were hanging out. It was given to you that this is the way that you want to live. And the more that I've come into emotional intelligence, the more that I've come into mental health understanding of depression and anxiety associated to doesn't matter what rung of the ladder you're on, that is actually inhibiting because wealth was a lie and wealth connected to well-being is the fruit to the spirit. And there ain't nothing on there talking about money. It's talking about patience and self-control. That don't sound fun. That don't sound like anybody's rich. But the more I've become in self-control of my finances specifically, the more abundant God has given me blessings, the more abundant and prosperous my home is because I'm focused on my home. I'm not focused on what I'm going to do and where I'm going to be and all the other things on the outside. Yes, impact matters, but the nucleus of self, you said you, right? You had to come to the end of yourself in order for God to activate through you as the vessel you wanted to be. Oh, I just love this. Okay. (laughs) This is truth though. I hope people's blood is boiling. I love it because what comes up for me is the first pillar of redefining wealth is fit. This is a great example that is also connected to church and fit is about becoming your best self. And so in that, I talk about what it means to be mentally and physically well, because that is the first step to reaching the financial monetary success that you desire. There is no way to get there without actually 
taking care of you, right? And so another another thing that comes up that I would share with people is like, listen, we get one vessel. We receive one vessel. We have a duty and responsibility. If we say that we have a vision for our lives, if we say that we know that God has called us to do something, you have a duty and responsibility to take care of the only vessel you're going to have to execute that vision. So true. Last I checked, they're just not swapping out full bodies. (laughs) Not anytime soon, hopefully. I don't want to be here when they get. (laughs) So we get caught up in that. Well, you know, I'm working in my purpose. I'm doing it unto the Lord. I'm doing, I'm doing all the things. And so we are in a cycle because this, this culture celebrates hustle and grind. It celebrates team no sleep. It, it, it adores like constant achievement, constant your will. If you're not being productive, you're the worst. Like ain't no such thing as taking a Sabbath. Like nope. you burn the, the midnight or how hard work or no work, right? Yeah. Hustle hard to play hard. Like, no, all the things I always speak, speak to like the mommy needs a Marg, right? Like we work so hard, even as a mother that we need uh, alcohol to suppress uh, the emotion of the fact that we're not living in purpose. And it is sad. It's, it's sick. Yeah. It's literally sick. Yeah. It's making people sick. And so we have all of these grand plans for our futures, but we're not taking care of the only vessel that's going to carry us to that future today. It's, you know, you see people where they never take any time off. They don't enjoy their families. They don't enjoy any of the fruits of their labor. Like they don't do anything. They're waiting for retirement. They retire and a week later they're dead. Yeah, so true. Or a health crisis comes to face to face and they don't know how to sustain or manage it because it's so out of alignment with who they've been for the last 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah. And I, I feel that on so many levels. I think about it even from the nucleus of marriage and people not even sustaining when I think about fit and I think about myself, I also think about my home. And if I can't steward this space that has been a blessing to me, and this was a part of my story where I remember coming home, working 70 hours a week, two jobs, making the nine-figure contract, right? I felt really good about this. And I had a waddling nine-month-old and a barely two-year-old, a handsome hot hubby, the white picket fence, the whole thing, youngest in the neighborhood. And I was totally void. And I was working hard to no end. I was just on the hamster wheel and that's what everyone is doing to the point that they're actually not even burning calories on their hamster wheel because now everyone's sedentary, right? They're not even moving, at least before we could move a little bit. But I just, I so desperately want for people to hear this um, element of wealth. I think that the most successful people, your version of success, because my version of success might be different. God's desire for our sustainability towards success of operating in the kingdom with the kingdom mindset is connected to fit. It's the whole reason this podcast was initiated before I made it an acronym to the founders, innovators, and trailblazers. And so it really is an element, and your story alludes to it so beautifully, of what you speak to, understanding purpose, understanding fulfillment, and then unlocking prosperity but it has to start with ourselves. And it's not a vanity metric. It's not a self-love season, right? It's a coming into your identity. That's the difference between you self-serving and God working in and through you to understand who you are as a daughter or a son of the King Most High. Yeah, I love it. 
Faith Media Co. is dedicated to activating mission-driven leaders in the marketplace by way of publishing, press, and play. Because your story doesn't just matter to you. It matters to move others. We help you dissect and share your message through podcasting, book writing, and business development. These three areas are exactly how my team and I have opened doors to stages, become the best-selling author I always dreamed I'd be, and even the entrepreneur that energetically and joyfully shows up to serve each and every day. Literally nothing I do feels like work. Every day feels like play. And we'd love to help you live the same life of freedom and fun. If you're a speaker, a writer, or an aspiring business owner, let's jump on a call today to vision cast your future together. Go to www.fitinfaithmedia.com. Again, that's fitinfaithmedia.com. Book your call. If you're a founder, an innovator, a trailblazer, or a wannabe, we can help you get there. Let's do it. Can I just share what the other part of fit was? Yes, girl. Not just physically fit, but also mentally fit. Completely. Um, You mentioned mental health, uh, I think, earlier in the conversation. And I think that's also something that, as believers, we have to take seriously and understand that mental illness has nothing um, to do with how faithful you are, how much you believe God or don't believe God, right? Um, Because when people have struggled in the past, I don't know about you, but I went to a church that would tell people that they just needed to pray. And that they weren't praying hard enough. And the truth is they were dealing with some imbalances or just different things. And it was, it was like, you know, if someone says you have diabetes, you wouldn't just say pray. You would say, okay, well, you need insulin. Like you need, right. And in the same way, um, just wanting to encourage people to understand that it doesn't have to get to the point of, of full mental illness, but just that your mental health matters. Like, are you mentally fit for what it is you're praying for? And when we talk about success as an entrepreneur and career, any of those things, many of us are praying for things that we don't have the capacity to sustain mentally. There is a lot that comes with with great responsibility, right? Comes completely great responsibility. And are we actually mentally fit to to deal with that? And one of the things that I always share, Tamara, is about growing up being the ugly one. So I, I always grew up with this, like, oh, you're not, you're, you're not the pretty one. You know, you're the ugly one. You're too dark. Your lips are too full. Your eyes are too big. Everything that could be picked apart about me as a child was picked apart and not just in school, but by people in my home. And so I grew up addicted to achievement because I knew I was the smart one. So that's how I would earn love because it wasn't going to come through just being me, just looks and. You know, it wasn't until I was 22 that I started therapy and it took until 25 um, for me to really feel comfortable even looking in the mirror without cringing. And so if you remember earlier, I also said 25 was the first year I hit seven figures in that business. I believe that there was a connection. I was able to show up differently and, and be accepting of myself more, but that came through therapy. And I say that because when people look at me today, and they see my face on like, there, there she goes. <laughs> and then, all the things. All the things on the stages. Um, they make an assumption, yep. right? Which I can understand now because now I believe I'm beautiful. But back then I could not. And even 10 years ago, it was still a struggle, right? 
But when I look at my life today and what I've been called to do and the way I've been called to serve and the platforms I've been granted access to in order to serve, there is no way that I could, one, live out this call on my life, two, build the financial wealth that has come with living out the call had I not gone and sat on somebody's couch and and actually dealt with my childhood trauma. It doesn't matter how hard we believe, you can have great faith, but that trauma can linger. That trauma is real. And many of us are spiraling in cycles of confusion or feeling stuck and all these things and thinking that, oh, I'm just going to pray about it. I believe in the supernatural, like, you know, power of prayer. But I believe that God has also given us so many resources to complement that. And I believe that if we say faith without works is dead, it's still our job to give God something to bless. So I go to therapy and say, God bless that session Mm. with my therapist. Like, make sure she is guiding me in the direction that you would like me to go in. And if at any point her advice is not in alignment with the assignment that you have given me, give me the wisdom and discernment to reject it as well. But I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to log in. I'm going to pay my money and I'm going to do my part because what you've called me to do is likely greater than what I have the mental capacity to sustain. And I need to keep working on myself to be in position to make sure that what you want to accomplish through me, I'm doing my part to make that happen. And what is so powerful about that? Because therapy is literally been, was life-changing for me. It was life-changing for my marriage. It was life-changing for my kids because now I understand root trauma. I understand generational bondage. I understand, you know, nature versus nurture conversations in a way that I never, ever did. And I can see like this zombie apocalypse coming true, right? When I walk through the streets, it's like this essence of void and that compassion that you spoke about earlier, that is an empathy quality that God gives us when we actually do the work so that our mission, our purpose, this grandiose idea of quote unquote success does become not about us. Finally, it does become about other people because you're looking through another lens and you're doing so with a capability to do it. Now, Mind you, just because Patrice and I have gone to therapy doesn't mean we've fixed all the world's solutions or fixed ourselves. It's an always becoming journey, right, of, of renewing our mind every single day. But what I think is really powerful is that with the knowledge and the way that you're showing up in the world through your coaching programs, through your speaking opportunities, through your podcast training, all the things that you do, you're doing it with the lens of therapy as well. You're doing it with the lens of being able to get people into the awareness factor of mental health, physical health, spiritual health, emotional health, relational health. I found that as success is imminent, and I believe that it is, like you said, it's a birthright. Therefore, it's imminent if you do the work connected to that, is that if I am not focused on those different layers, something's out of alignment, I can sense it. And if I'm not paying attention and in check to that, then everything else and everyone else around around me fails, falls, stumbles. Yeah, absolutely. It's incredible. It's a, it's a wild thing to see how in the kingdom, because of our purpose, we're so connected to all the other purpose of the people around us, oh. and that it's it's a beautiful plan that we can't possibly understand. But like you said that from the beginning, if we're not activated because we're sitting in a place of complacency or even comfort, we're actually 
discriminating against our calling and therefore saying God's idea is not good enough. Right? I'm just poking the bear over here. <laughs> I don't want to be that person. I don't want, and I, that's one of the reasons I've been just so drawn to you since I first, you know, found out about who you were and, and got to be in a stage experience with you and, and receive from your teaching and your training. And I want other people to have access to that so much so that we're bringing you to the Grow Your Business for God's Sake conference Woo -woo! Woo! in Nashville, which I found out is one of her favorites. She's good to see her bestie uh, who's going to be there, Tim Story. And so it's going to be incredible. And I think of all the things that we've spoken about, you know, marketplace ministry and understanding that business is ministry yes. and wealth being connected to well-being. This is not this is not a good idea. This is not us playing with words that it's a good pun. This is literally God's revelation in our lives and yeah. truth. Yeah. And, you know, I've said this since the beginning before it was cool. But in yeah. 2010, when I realized what I was doing could actually become something, I was like, I'm pretty sure that this would be a ministry disguised as a business. Come on. Like, I knew it would be a ministry. And you know, just this week, I have another cohort of women graduating from my program, Purpose to Platform. And so every day people are posting their takeaways and their thank yous like this week, just in preparation. And the number of people who will talk about how their faith has grown as a byproduct of being in this space, that is a business coaching program. But we talk about faith. We talk about capacity. We talk so much about mindset and to see how the women have transformed. Even people who will say, you know, I didn't launch the thing that I came to launch. Oh, that's so good. I healed in so many ways. I've been more mm -hmm. honest with my loved ones than I ever have before. I've been more vulnerable. I'm like, I'm so dialed in. I'm so much more in alignment. What I was going to launch if I went to another program would have not been God's best for me. I would have been trying to do something that was in comparison to someone else as opposed to, because I always tell them, I can't tell you what to do because I didn't call you. Yeah, so good. You, you, or you need to talk to the one that called you. I'm just mm -hmm. here to give you the tools, resources, the support and surround you with these amazing coaches and community so that you can take what you hear in your quiet time. But you got to get still and ask God, what does he want you to do? And then I can help you birth it. But I'm not the one that called you, so I can't give it to you. Right. And to see over and over again, hundreds of women come into that that awareness and that realization and that they can work from a place of more ease and grace and peace than all that forcing and manipulating and hustle and grind. Because when you are co-creating with the Holy Spirit. Oh, man. There, like there is. Yes, it's such stride that is unbelievable. I've had people be like, you can't sustain what you're doing. You can't run at that speed for that fast that long. Something's got to give. Something's got to burn out. And I'm like, you don't know my God. You don't know the mission that I'm on. You don't know the road that he's laid before me. And just because you can't see my vision doesn't mean it's not activated. Like it's a component of pace, right? If we're in God's pace, it looks supernatural. It's supposed to look supernatural, that's why we're called peculiar people. And so it's been so cool just to see and, and learn about the backstory of your life. And I think we're synonymous in the fact that the way that we show up to help people is so that they don't have to have a, a crash and burn moment. So they don't have to have that moment where they're on bed, like bedridden and can't get up. 
And so if you listen to the trainings that she provides y'all and even get in, equipped through her podcast, that's available to you for free at any given moment. So money can't be your excuse, which by the way, if you want wealth, you got to invest in yourself. So get into the program. Don't just listen for free and understand the unlocks that will happen from Redefining Wealth, which is her entire brand, her show, all the things. And you guys are going to hear so much more from her in the future because this is not the last time we'll be together. Patrice, you have any final mic drop moments we need to hear from you today? Um, what's on my heart right now? What's on my heart is just... I said it a few times and I think that's because someone really needs to hear it. God, give God something to bless. Give God something to bless. We have to be willing to take the first step. Like we have to be willing to, to put something out there, to start the thing, to activate the purpose in our lives, to stop doing the things that we know are not healthy or not helpful to what we've been called to do or start doing or prove something. But I think for each of us listening, you know what that thing is. You know what that thing is. It's it's essentially this idea that you need to sow a seed into what you are saying you desire, especially if you know that you've, you're being called to it. So instead of waiting for clarity, because we love to use that as an excuse, um, instead of waiting for all the stars to align, instead of straddling the fence, every time you hear the Holy Spirit say go, you're like, but did you mean go today? Or <laughs> Like instead, like always being in that space of indecisiveness, my message to you today is give God something to bless. You're not confused. Make a choice. Make a choice. Go in that direction and believe that God will meet you there. Brilliant. Brilliant. Just this morning, I was doing an analogy of like how I feel like I'm in a a fog, but I don't feel unclear. I just can't see the very next step, even though I've given vision to what's on the other side of the cloud. And that is our action every single day because he will reveal just like when you walk through fog, you see what's right in front of you. That's all he's going to give you. He's not going to give you a crystal ball. He's not going to give you the blueprint. No coach can give you a blueprint. We can give you resources associated to your blueprint and help you get further connected in alignment. But that's not our job. And I love the way that you said that. Like, I didn't call you. He did. And so let's tune in to who he is and who we are in him. And that's how we shake the kingdom. That's how we change the generational bondage of the church. That's how we show up really, really wealthy. And we do really awesome things with our money. And not just our money, but our minds and our souls, our spirits, our bodies. And I'm excited to do that with you, sister. We're going to dance our way to the stage here soon. We hope you're in now with us. And in the meantime, get connected with all things Patrice Washington and redefining wealth. Love you, sister. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Bye y'all. Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes. 
for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts and facts, and this will be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Hello, I'm Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we are the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. What we believe is that addiction is not a surprise to God. That's right. We discuss addiction from a biblical worldview and how true freedom comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolute freedom from addiction. The secular worldview of once an addict, always an addict is just not true. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, subscribe to Life After Addiction at lifeaudio.com.